1: Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom. On a Thursday, we'll preview Michigan against Minnesota, 7.30 on Saturday night in Minneapolis at Huntington Bank Stadium on NBC. Uh, got a lot to get to, though. Even before that, we'll talk a little bit of Jim Harbaugh uh, and potential new contract for him. The Michigan opponents, Big Ten opponents and locations are out for the 2024 through 2028 schedule. The next five years, we will break that down as well, and then we'll talk more about the game, get our predictions, talk about a couple games from around the country uh, before we get out of here and send everyone on their way. But before we do that, how's it going, CB and and Anthony? Buddy, I'm just glad to be here. Had a rough week, as you guys know,
0: so I'm back in the saddle and uh, looking forward to that Minneapolis trip, man. I missed Nebraska Something fierce, and uh, missed you guys, but you brought home a dub. Maybe maybe it's not coincidence that they played their best when I wasn't there. We're going to find out Saturday, and that may adjust the schedule as we go on for the rest of the year. But uh, as it is, guys, uh, impressive win. So let's get another one, huh? Yeah, you, you probably would have sweated out whatever virus was inside
2: of you uh, over the weekend in Nebraska. It was so freaking hot there. But, yeah, nice to be back, uh, the three of us here, excited for – Again, night games take a little bit of a different toll on us, especially the two of you guys will be traveling. I will be remote this week, but it's it's week six already, and I don't take these weeks for granted, no matter what the opponent, no matter what the location, the time is. So excited to be back, excited to preview another Big Ten opponent.
0: Chris, do you have more steel in your spine now?
2: After I have a lot more
0: steel in my spine and a lot of zinc in my mouth from the uh, – <laughs> from the medication I was taking guys like (laughs) sucking on a metal pipe or a chain link fence or something. Um, And the taste, it gets hard to get out of your mouth. So trying to wash it down with Pepsi, but there's like some kind of reaction going on in there makes it a little bit worse. So anyway, I'm just, again, I'm, I'm here, man. I'm happy. I'm not complaining. I'm just happy to be back.
1: We have a no politics rule, so I'm not going to ask you what medication you took. But, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to r- tell you. It's some r- form
0: of a horse tranquilizer, r- along with r- uh, yeah, something that they use to, the bulls use to inseminate cows or something. I don't know. I didn't ask. <laughs> oh my God. That. I know. Isn't that terrible? I always take it <laughs> <a step laughs> too far. I don't know. Well, it worked. It worked. It'll be back work. on the road. On bull. Yeah,
1: so. we're traveling uh, on Friday to Minneapolis. So it should be a fun trip. Um, also, some news this week. We've had a couple of scoops over at thewolverine.com. So make sure. If you're watching and and you don't have a premium subscription over there with us over at The Wolverine, make sure to get one your first month. is just a dollar, so it's basically a free trial, I would say, and try us out, see how you like it. Meat of the season here coming up, so no better time to join us. And if you're also watching on YouTube, make sure to like this video uh, on there and hit the subscribe button as well for all of our content. Um, But some news or potential news coming up. With Jim Harbaugh's situation, we've talked about it a lot over the last, what, you know, six, seven, eight months now, ever since it was clear he was going to return for this season. And it looks like, OK, maybe a contract is going to come. He deserves to be one of the highest paid coaches in the country. He ranks 12th right now. They came out with that USA Today report of all the coaches' salaries. And then, uh, Chris, obviously you had uh, a report this week, but also Joel Klatt going on the Colin Cowherd show. You know, basically talking about what a lot of people around Ann Arbor know is that there is some tension there between Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, some of the Michigan administration there, as well as it seeping into, to use Joel Klatt's words, the self-imposed suspension, which he was obviously not happy about, and which, Chris, you have reported in the past as well. Um, But the report this week over at the Wolverine that he may get a contract sooner than people thought because it seemed like the NCAA thing. Was kind of going to be the holdup there,
0: yeah. And uh, it, it, like you've been saying all along, Clay. Right? It's like, all right. Well, wait a minute. And and as some of my other colleagues have said, you know, does that make any sense? Because the outcome's not going to be any different. He's not going to be paid any less, right? Um, if he, even if they try to tack on a few game suspension, that's not going to keep them from from giving him a new contract. So uh, let's get this thing done. And I will say this: it's it's almost a case, I think, of the squeaky wheel gets the oil because uh, it has gotten back to the administration, uh, and I think that they are hell-bent on getting this thing done. I know they are, and in fact, I know that the wheels are in motion here to get this thing done sooner than later. Uh, I fully expect Jim Harbaugh to be the highest-paid coach in the Big Ten or right there with Ryan Day when this is all said and done from basically what my sources are telling me, which is absolutely 100% the way it should be, fellas given what he has done for the university in terms of, you know, not just prestige and and everybody says that athletics is the front door to uh, a, a university. Right. And you can kind of see it. And at the same time uh, the revenues that he's brought in and, and the, and propping the school up like he has, there's just no reason to delay here. And even if you were uh, thinking about flirting with the NFL, give him a reason not to and let him know that he is wanted here. And I think that is firmly, I know that is in, is firmly in motion at this point.
2: Yeah. And you go back to, you know, the the Colin Coward segment uh, with Joel Klatt. And, you know, we've been saying this for a while that, you know, obviously it's obvious there's some friction between Jim Harbaugh and Ward Manuel. And that, I just think when that makes its way to a national radio show, that's going to get clipped, that's going to go around social media with the narrative being that you are, there's friction between a guy who's delivered two of the best football seasons in program history, two of the most accomplished seasons, Going back to 1997 and on all, all that, um, it's embarrassing. It's a terrible look for leadership. Uh, at some point, again, you know, people ask, "Well, why is there friction?" I mean, there, there's been so much success, and and it, and it really does kind of. It, it feels like it's been a bad faith negotiation, almost going back to that COVID season. I mean, from Jim Harbaugh's perspective, and I said this on the huge show yesterday. Um, you know, if you're Jim Harbaugh, you're sitting here thinking, you know, you didn't believe in me but you didn't have the balls to fire me. So you publicly humiliate me, slash my pay, cut it in half. I go out, I turn this thing around. I win games. I win big 10 championships. I make our first two trips to the college football playoff. And then when it's time to kind of reward that or or put money back in the pocket and make me one of the higher paid coaches in college football, there's almost like this attitude or, or this, this hubris about it to where you should be grateful to be given a, a second chance in the first place. uh, And that, you know, this is what Michigan can do for you and all of that. And when it comes to Ward-Manual, I mean, I'll just, I'll say it. I don't think I'm going to get anyone in trouble here. I mean, this is the same guy, the same administration that's had controversy surrounding how John Beeline left, how Eric Backage left. I mean, Mel Pearson just kept clocking into work without a contract, like he was Milton from office space. So to me, it's just it's beyond overdue to get something done. You see that list come out from USA Today this week where Jim Harbaugh is making like $8.2 million and he's, I think, 13th in in the country in total compensation or whatever it is. Uh, It's ridiculous. And the fact that we're still talking about this is, um, again, nobody shoots itself more in the foot than Michigan administration has over the years. And it's time to put an end to it. And if Jim Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan at some point to scratch the NFL itch, which I know is the perpetual narrative, let it be, don't let it be because you didn't step up and, and and make your best offer and pay him what market value dictates he would be worth. So that's where I'm at with all this right now.
0: Yeah. And don't go there kicking and screaming, right? I mean, you should be proactive about it. And I'm not sitting here uh, and going to say that Jim Harbaugh is a perfect human being and a perfect employee because we've seen everywhere he's been right. Uh, You know, he, he pushes the, he pushes buttons and he approaches lines But for God's sake, man, you know, all this crappy NCAA stuff going on here that, you know, that's been so overblown. I I don't care what anybody says. It's ridiculous. And I think most people around the country know it. Right. This guy is as clean as it comes. This guy, you know, uh, does things by the book for the most part. And cares for his players, they're graduating at a high clip. Uh, there's absolutely no reason that he shouldn't already be one of the highest paid coaches in football. This is Michigan for God's sake. Right. Uh, and, you know, we've heard it all along. I've, I remember when Lloyd left, everybody saying, Oh, Michigan recruits itself and anybody can win nine or 10 games at Michigan. Well, guess what? We, that has been proven not to be true, especially in this environment. So now you got your guy. Uh, and if it were me and I'm not the athletic director, and I know that there's more that goes into it, I'm saying, I want you here for 10 years you tell me what you need to make it happen, uh, and I put my ego aside and I say, "Hey, you know
1: what? Um, you're my guy. Let me know what you want." Yeah, I mean, he literally checks every single box. I mean, it sounds dramatic to say, but he he was literally almost born to be in this role. I mean, he grew up around the program; his entire life has been football. He plays here. He's a Heisman finalist, you know. And then he decides to come back from the NFL when he had other options to do this, I think you got to repay him in, in really any way you can. And I think he should be making more than Ryan Day. I think we've kind of seen what's happening. We'll see what happens in November. But either way, the fact that, that he's done what he's done the last two years, especially, has been incredible. And, Chris, I totally agree with you. It's the what can I do for you, basically. And I think that's the approach they should have had with the NCAA stuff, with, you know, why why do a self-imposed suspension? I get maybe you're trying to protect him, right? But if you piss him off in the process, you could lose him, and that just seems kind of backwards to me. So that that's kind of been my thought all the way along. And it seems, you know, like positive news that this could get wrapped up in terms of a new contract coming up, you know, soon. You would hope. Um, but yeah, that, anything else on on the this whole situation? You,
2: could I just one more comment yeah. on that? And it, it kind of serves as a segue to what I'm sure we'll talk about here with the Big Ten schedules. Is you know, you look at USC. Oregon, UCLA, Washington coming in, and you look at how these schedules stack up uh, over the next few years, um, you know, you, you need to pay this guy because ego and, and hubris and thinking that the grass could just, you know, you could just take the baton and keep going. Ego and hubris is going to bury you in this new college football. Uh, You need to invest in your future and, the biggest investment you have is the bird you already have in hand it doesn't have to be that complicated
1: that's a great way to put it that is a great segue as well because it's only going to get harder from here to win games in the big 10 to win the big 10 championship you have a 12 team playoff but you know you may be a very very good team you may be a great team that loses three games and gets left out you could get in the tail end with three games so we'll talk about the schedules here in a second but before we do we want to talk about our friends over at prize picks Football season's back. We're almost to the midway point of Michigan season, and there's no better way to enjoy the games than by playing daily fantasy with prize picks. You pick two to six players. Predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're competing against the, um, the set projections available. We do it each and every week. We have a bunch of listeners that have reached out and given us suggestions on picks. All of that. So all first time users that deposit and use promo code Wolverine will receive a 100 percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars. So if you deposit one hundred dollars in there and use the promo code Wolverine, price picks will give you another hundred to play with. If you deposit 50, price picks will give you 50. Uh, we got some picks this week. I got mine in uh, before this weekend. I'm sticking with the Michigan Minnesota game. I got Roman Wilson more than 56 and a half receiving yards. I think he has just been awesome this year. And, uh, and will continue to be. I think Michigan's going to be able to throw the football on this Minnesota defense. And then Ethan Kellyak Manis, Minnesota's quarterback, I'm going to go more than 150 and a half passing yards. That seems really low to me. And I think that, you know, given that I believe they're going to be trailing most of the game, they'll get some things going through the air. If they hit a 50-yard pass like Nebraska did last year, make it a, or last week, it'll make it a lot easier. So those are my two picks for this week.
0: Yeah, I was with you on Roman Wilson. I think uh, he could get that on one pass, right, against the secondary. Okay. And uh, I think he might, frankly. So Roman Wilson's been great. I don't think the gap is as big big as I thought it was between Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson in terms of passing yards. But in terms of production, it certainly is, including touchdowns and, and everything else. What is it, like 100, Clay? I think uh, Roman's got about 386 and Cornelius has about 276 or something like that. So that
1: that sounds right. Yeah. And Cornelius came out, he was ahead before the, Big Ten play started, but he's gone a little bit more quiet. Yeah. Right, and but you know what, Roman Wilson's
0: taken another step, and I love that one. And I got Justin Fields less than one ninety three point five passing yards tonight against Washington because he's a terrible Ohio State quarterback. He sucks. No, not really, <laughs> just because just because I don't think he's a very good quarterback, and I think that uh, I I don't think that uh, that he's going to hit that mark.
2: Yeah, for me, I'll stay in that Thursday night game, too. Uh, I have nothing against Sam Howell. Uh, he went to North Carolina, of course. I do don't have no notes there, but I have him going more than 243.5 passing yards against the Bears because the Bears suck, and they have uh, for a long time, and I think they will continue to suck. And then J.J. McCarthy, uh, Michigan, Minnesota, here on Saturday night. I have him going more than 218.5 passing yards for a similar reason to why Clay made the pick he did. It just seems... That number seems low to me, um, especially with the way that this Michigan offense has been able to stay pretty balanced. So that's what I have this week. Sticking with the QBs.
1: I think some of these projections might be on the lower end for the Michigan guys than we think because half these games, they're out of the game in the middle of the third quarter too. So that's something to watch as well. Um, But go to the go to prizepicks.com or download the app today. The app is super, super easy to use. Use the promo code Wolverine. For an instant deposit match up to $100. Uh, 2024 schedule, um, and then the opponents were really for the next five years are out. We'll pull it up on the screen here momentarily. There it is. 2024, extremely challenging. Chris, you reported this earlier in the week that these would be Michigan's opponents and the locations. But for the people that can't see on the screen right now, home game. Home games against Michigan State, Minnesota, Northwestern, Oregon, and Southern California. Away games at Illinois, Indiana, Ohio State, and Washington. Very, very challenging when you also factor in the fact that Michigan has Texas coming to town in week two and Fresno State coming to town in the non-conference as well. Fresno State currently ranked number 24 in the country. This is about as tough as it gets. It's the toughest I've ever seen at this current moment. Things can change. Teams are different from year to year. Uh, extremely challenging. You can see the, the rest of the schedules there. So they Anthony, do you do you know what they, they called this model? I was watching BTN. It's just a ridiculous name again. It's not the Flex Protect Plus, but something they called similar.
2: it like the Flexed Protect 18 or something. And yeah, there were Roman numerals, and it just I felt like uh Texas with a dollar sign in front of it somewhere,
0: just yeah. was uh, <laughs> like I some kind it. of insurance that. Carl Molden or something would have tried to sell you it on PBS at midnight or something, you know? So
1: anyway, that's just me, but I'm I'm dating myself. (laughs) I have no clue who that is, but it sounds about
0: right to
1: me. Um, So you have this model within five years, if you're a college football player for five years, you will play in every single stadium in the big 10. I think that's, you know, a kind of a perk there within the five years. I think everyone will play each other the same amount of times. Um, So they, they did create some sort of balance there, but I think they really, maybe not screwed Michigan, but they gave Michigan a really challenging start to this whole model.
0: They did. And uh, yeah, when we heard about it a couple of days ago, obviously we got it from somebody directly involved or we wouldn't have reported it. I thought, you gotta be kidding me. Is there still time to, to tweak this thing? You know, but then the fan in me said- Holy crap! This is going to be some. This is going to be fun on a weekly basis, right? We get to go out to Washington to cover it. That's another thing, and we've never been there. I've been waiting. Our, our trip got canceled a couple of years ago due to COVID, and so now we get to go out there and party uh, in the bay or, or on the lake. What, what's the lake called?
1: Is that actually the Puget
0: Sound. Okay. Well, we get to go out there and and tailgate out there, Uh, you know, maybe take a raft out to somebody's boat. We'll we'll invite ourselves out. We have no shame. But to go out there and then to get Oregon back here, you know what I'm doing right now if I'm the champion circle? I am on that one more year campaign for J.J. McCarthy, for Donovan Edwards, for all these guys, Drake Nugent, and saying, man, you know what? Uh, We want you to come back here. Uh, Let's get this thing done. Uh, Don't you want to be part of this? Uh, And in fact, I can't wait to talk to some of those guys and ask them about next year's schedule and just kind of see what they say, because there's more excitement. Let's be honest. These guys were going through the motions in the first three games, fellas. They were bored. And sometimes that lends itself to playing without focus and concentration. We saw that. So um, and then they picked it up. You know, everybody was talking about Nebraska's number one ranked defense and uh, they kicked their ass because, they Had something to play for, and, and now you know what they want to have a rank team until, until Penn State. That will not be the case next year. So I can't wait. I'm excited. There's only a couple of patsies on there, Michigan State, Illinois, you know. So other than that, that's gonna be one heck of a slate.
2: I love this man, and, and I know that there's you know some shaking your fist at the sky for for getting that tough draw right out of the gate, which you know, Ohio State, I don't think plays USC until 2026. I don't think they play Oregon until 2026 either, but uh, for Michigan, I mean, if you're a season ticket holder, and I know some season ticket holders, uh, obviously we know a ton of them on the board and such, and people we talk to that have just kind of throw their thrown their hands up over the last few years. But yeah, you know, maybe we have the Ohio State game this year, but the home slate kind of sucks. And next year, you know, if you're someone for the last several years that has kind of just gotten through it, and not just get through it. I mean, you have fun going to the games and watching Michigan beat the hell out of these teams, but you're getting rewarded for that because this looks like this looks like something that I would have put together when you can customize the conferences and the schedules and that that video game uh, that we will see next summer, which will be awesome to mess around with in there too. Um this this is to me more good football more quality matchups is is better for the fans. It's better for the team and having that juice and adding an emphasis to you know getting off to a quick start on the season, not necessarily you know building and building and building towards something at the end, it's going to bring the best out of you each week, week in and week out. And I mean, next year's schedule again, it is loaded and we don't know who's going to be there. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, you look at all these games and we've been lamenting the fact for years that people talk about the college football playoff race and, Oh, well, why is this two loss sec team in the conversation? Why are they still lingering around? And I really do think, you know, if you find a way to win nine or 10 games in that setup that you're going to have moving forward, you're you're going to be in the conversation still. You're going to be rewarded for playing tougher games and now that it's an expanded playoff, you don't have I mean you have that margin for for error or or defeat if it comes to that. So to me, I'm super fired up about it. Uh I we we are going through a pocket of this season where we will not see Michigan play a team that's going to that like a legit threat to make a bowl game until November. What we will see next year is so much more fun and so much more interesting. And you know, if you're a program of Michigan's caliber, I don't think you're scared of that either. Um, you know, if you want to stay in that national title hunt, you welcome all comers and
0: let play ball and let chips fall where they may. If you lose three games at your fellows, you can easily make the
1: playoff, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, at least, yeah. Right, be tough with three. I think it depends on the three. I guess I remember because I remember. I mean, way back when, uh, you
0: know, they were nine and three or, or something like that, and and they were still like number six or seven in the country. Uh, teams are going to beat themselves a little bit more, fellas, uh, beat each other up. I mean, so I yeah. think nine and
1: three. I think you're going to have a shot with that schedule. Ten and two, you're in. Ten and two, you're in. Unless you know yeah. one of the losses is to like a Northwestern or Michigan, or Michigan State, State. But, but even then, look at the wins you would have if, if right that, exactly. If yeah. So guys, I, I'm excited. I, I you
0: know we're gonna have some we're gonna have some fun trips. You guys make fun of me for saying that when we're on the road. Let's go have some fun.
1: But damn it, we're gonna have a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. It it can it can be very fun, but I can also still say that this realignment stuff I hate. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. Um, but there are mm-hmm. gonna be fun matchups. There's no question about that. So USC.
2: Plus.
1: Oregon coming and then, uh, you know, big road trip out to Washington next year. But that's going to be Michigan's schedule. Obviously, you can you can follow that along over at TheWolverine.com as well if you want to get it all laid out in text form as opposed to audio or video. But uh, check us out over there. Let's preview Michigan's game against Minnesota. We'll go a little bit quicker than normal because of the two news items at the beginning of the show. Uh, but we'll start with this Michigan offense, which played its best game last week. We saw a new starting combination on the offensive line. They really got some movement up there. Uh, they were running the ball really effectively. 249 yards on the ground. JJ McCarthy. You know, you look at his stat line, and it just it, it does not tell the story of how good he was in that game and how efficient he was, and how he makes some crazy plays look effortless, like that scramble drill touchdown to Roman Wilson. I thought that was an incredible performance, and I think this Michigan offense is going to build on what they did last week on the road against the Minnesota defense that was very, very good last year. Also played against Big Ten West competition and has slipped this year in just about every category. Um, They're allowing 7.6 yards per pass attempt. They're pretty thin at linebacker right now as well. Seems like one of their biggest weaknesses. And then they've allowed 400 or more passing yards to Northwestern and North Carolina. North Carolina, a little more understandable with Drake May, Northwestern was down 21 points two separate times in that game and came back. So, you know, obviously they're going to be throwing a lot, but it's still a, a concern there. And I think the Michigan offense will be able to do what it did last week or similar in this game against Minnesota.
0: I think Minnesota's pass defense sucks and uh, flat out. If you look at what Northwestern, I think Northwestern threw for over 400 yards on them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right at 400. Yeah. That's absurd. Come on, you know, be better, PJ. You know, take the Gucci belt and and, uh, put it back in the closet and man up, you know, so uh, because that that was uh, an embarrassment watching them come back from that and 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 give that up. So but uh, I will say this. you never know. Maybe this is one of those games where, Hey, the jugs going to get them all fired up. I never thought that Minnesota would play him tough in 2015 up there on Halloween night, you know, and it took a goal line stand there to, to win that game. Maybe this is one of those. I don't see it because I don't see Minnesota running the ball on this team. I don't know if they have Darius Taylor, their freshman running back or not, but uh, I don't think it matters. I think this defensive line is going to be way too much for them. And if they make that kid throw, uh, it could get pretty ugly. So But uh, you know what? I love the venue. I I love the tradition of the rivalry. I love the little brown jug game and uh, we'll have a good time up there. So um, I I think Michigan takes care of business. I think they would handle this one uh, pretty easily and and move the ball at will.
2: Yeah. Offensively. I think that it's probably going to people get tired of us saying this. I think it's probably going to look a lot like the last several weeks have. I think that, you know, Minnesota's obviously extremely physical. I think that they do a really good job under PJ Fleck of playing that type of ball. And, you know, the, the run game is going to be, it it might not be the week where Michigan rushes for 300 yards uh, last week. They rushed for 250, and that was about, that's as good as it's been all year. I think that Minnesota might hold up a little bit better than that. But at the end of the day, I just think that Michigan is doing a really nice job of taking whatever the opposing defense gives them and attacking uh in that way so yeah if minnesota gears up to stop the run michigan's gonna find a matchup in the secondary it likes and uh maybe get that play action game going and do a lot of the things they have been doing the first five or six weeks of the year and you know from there we'll see what happens i think the constant has been that blake quorum to me for the most part looks like his vintage self i think the offensive line uh, pass blocking was a little bit of an adventure last week, but I, I think that will bounce back to earth and they'll be fine there. I know Minnesota gets after it a little bit uh, up front, at least with getting pressures on the quarterback, not necessarily getting home. But uh, I think it's going to be a dogfight. It's probably a game where Michigan leads you know, 21-7 at the half or something similar to that and just kind of grinds it out in the end and it'll
1: be another blowout win for the Wolverines. Yeah, flipping to... The Minnesota offense, which, Chris, you mentioned it. Darius Taylor, questionable, missed last week's game. This dude's stats are incredible. So in basically three games, he leads the entire Big Ten in rushing with 532 yards. He had only one carry in the opener against Nebraska, and he didn't play last week. He only has played in three games, and he's still atop the Big Ten right now. They they went with a by-committee approach last week against Louisiana. A few guys rushed pretty well, but I think it's it's pretty clear he's their best running back. And really – This Minnesota offense doesn't go unless they can run the football. If you look at Kelly McManus, he's not very good if he has to throw more than 20 times in a game. He's not very accurate in general, but especially down the field. He's 20 of 44 on throws, just 10 yards or more past the line of scrimmage. Daniel Jackson, their wideout, who really had the game – play the game against Nebraska in that win, has caught 10 of those. So he's definitely one to watch. And I do think this Minnesota receiving core will provide more of a test for this Michigan secondary, which has been a little – had a couple you know, lapses over the early season. Nothing where you're overly concerned, but it's like, okay, let's kind of see how they respond when they face some better guys. I don't know if the quarterback is going to be good enough to, to completely test them, but Henrik Harburg had a couple plays on them last week, so I think it's certainly possible. But the, like I said, Minnesota needs to run the ball, and Michigan has been lights out at, at stopping the run. Only 160 of the 428 rushing yards Michigan has allowed have come in the first three quarters of any game, which is just ridiculous. I mean, this team stopping the run is as good as, as any I've ever seen, and I think that's going to be key.
0: Yeah, I don't want to be accused of tampering, but Darius Taylor would look fantastic in a winged helmet next year, right? <laughs> I mean, I want to see what his uh, – I'm just saying. He's from Wald Lake, Michigan. He's right down the road. True. You know what? I'd, I'd like to see his transcripts and see, you know, just as a fan, to see which cr- credits might transfer over, you know? so. Yeah. Um, but hey, uh, that's a guy. I'm not kidding, though. Uh, that's something where, in this day and age, you know, because I think PJ Fleck was actually lamenting the fact that their NIL wasn't good enough. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, or he was talking about it anyway, compared the, to Michigan. the burgers,
1: the burgers in, I think, alcohol sales. Or, or some sort of sale from concessions are going towards NIL over there. Okay. Well, you know what?
0: Michigan fans do not buy burgers uh, up yeah. there in Minneapolis this week. I think or we've here. learned our lesson with the Harbaugh thing. No, never mind. Exactly. Buy a burger. Exactly. So, but uh, beyond that, um, yeah, I, I want to see them tighten it up. And I think the lack of cohesion in the secondary is evident because of the guys that have been injured. Uh, Will Johnson wasn't 100%. He's still working his way back. Rod Moore probably 75%. If you look at him um, and you know what, when you don't practice guys, I don't care how good you are and mm-hmm. you're going to be rusty. And that's exactly what we've seen back there. Macari page has missed some time. So uh, hopefully those guys will get it together. Those slants there has been way too much room in the middle. They could have really easily had another uh, six on a slant where will Johnson got beat. So need to tighten that up. The good news is, is that Steve Klingscale is one of the best in the business And I have zero doubt that that's going to be tightened up. So uh, I don't think Minnesota is going to be throwing all over them uh, for sure. I know that Jesse Minner is probably going to come with some new looks as well. So I expect a much better performance from the Michigan secondary this week.
2: Yeah, I'll be watching the secondary. Uh, Spoiler alert, that'll be my position group to watch this week when that ultimately comes out. Uh, But for me, if Minnesota can't run the football, they're screwed, period. I mean, you can't. Put consistent drives together against this Michigan defense if you can't run the football. And Michigan's run wall, uh, as they call it, has been terrific. Sounds like you're going to get Mason Graham back this weekend on a pitch count, which I think is is important to get him work back in there. We'll see how effective he is with a club on his hand. But Kenneth Grant's been great uh, without him out there. And Rayshon Benny has stepped up. And Chris Jenkins has been... Uh, quietly, uh, extremely disruptive there, which I f- I know that might sound like an oxymoron, but uh, he grades out extremely well in stopping the run. So I'm not really concerned about the run defense. I think the secondary to me, continuing to get those live reps, get those, uh, you know, knock the rust off for guys like Will Johnson and Rod Moore. Where Will, with what we've seen with Will, I think a lot of what is just getting that play, you know, the play speed back down. Uh, rod moore i'm slightly more concerned about it just seems like he's not moving quite as well out there but again right now i'll just attribute that to rust and getting those those live reps but yeah for me i i don't see it's gonna take this offense self-destructing for minnesota to find a way to make this a football game with their offense uh it's i'm not overly impressed with what i've seen out of them throughout the year uh and again We'll see what happens. You know, there have been weeks like the Bowling Green game where Michigan's offense kind of was going through it. But, you know, this week, I just I just think that defensively, it's probably going to look a lot like those first five weeks from what Michigan's defense is able to get done on the field.
1: With that in mind, somebody I should have mentioned when we were talking about Michigan's offense, but the, the uh, Minnesota safety, Tyler Newman is a very, very good safety. 11 career interceptions, three already this season. He's clutch. Kind of reminds me of An- Antoine Winfield Jr., um, you know, all Big Ten guy last year. So he's a guy that could change a game, you know, with with a big play, big interception or something like that. That's something to watch for. And then the last guy I'll mention for Minnesota is their fantastic kicker, uh, Dragon Kesich. He's 9 for 10 this year on field goals, long of 50. His only miss was from over 50 yards. He had the 47-yard game-winning kick. In the opener against Nebraska, he also has 22 touchbacks on 25 kickoffs. So this dude could help Minnesota avoid the shutout potentially, like uh, like Nebraska's kicker couldn't help them do until they break off a 75-yard run at the end. But uh, definitely, you know, the, could see them getting some points on the board if they put a, a drive or two together. Um, but it's amazing that Michigan's defense is so good that you're thinking about a potential shutout in road Big Ten games. I mean, that, that's almost unheard of. Um, Let's get to our predictions for this game. Before we do, though, we want to talk about our friends over at Game Time. We're brought to you today by Game Time, the exclusive ticketing partner of the Wolverine created by fans for fans. Game Time is the ticketing app that makes it easier than ever to score last-minute deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows, and they guarantee the lowest price. Football's back. I still got to get to a Lions game this year. I got a lot of time. I know these two have already been to games. Chris and Anthony already over at Ford Field. Uh, But I'm going to use GameTime. Best seats, the best deals. It's all possible with the GameTime app. You can download the app or go to GameTime.co. Enter your email. Use the promo code Wolverine for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, that's the promo code Wolverine for $20 off. On your first purchase, terms apply. They do guarantee the best seats too. They will credit you 110% of your seat price if you can find a better deal elsewhere. So literally, there's no reason not to use GameTime, especially if you use the promo code Wolverine for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Uh, Let's talk about who our uh, predictions for offensive player of the game is going to be. I don't know that this player is going to have the best game of anyone on offense. Right now, it's pretty easy to go with a J.J. McCarthy or a Blake Corum, or if you want to get in the weeds and go with offensive linemen, a Drake Nugent or Zach Sinter or Roman Wilson at wide receiver. But I guess I'm predicting a breakout game from Donovan Edwards. I think he's due. I think just a positive attitude he's carried throughout throughout kind of his early season struggles have been really good to see. The fact that he got challenged by the coaches to run harder last week that was pretty evident in the way he was running even though he didn't break any. And whether it's in the pass game or, or in the run game, I think he's going to be rewarded for for you know staying with it here early on. I think he's gonna he's gonna make a big play or two.
0: I think Colston Loveland, I'm going to go uh, a little bit, uh, I think he's due. And I think yeah. he's going to be one of those guys where I think the receivers are going to get a, get a little bit more attention this game. still think Roman Wilson's going to have a good game, as we mentioned earlier. But I think Colston Loveland is a guy who can do some damage in a game like this. And uh, I think you could see him in the 75-yard range, honestly. Maybe get his first touchdown. I think somebody asked who's going to get their first uh, yeah. touchdown this year. Is it going to be Donovan Edwards or Colston Loveland? I'm going to go with Colston Loveland. I think he's going to have a game.
2: Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I feel like I don't know. I- I'm just going to go with the e- hit the easy button here, going with Blake Coram. Just feel like, uh, in-, in this setting, in this environment, I think that's prime time. Uh, you know, we're still waiting on him to pop a huge run for a touchdown. I'm going to go with him doing that this week.
1: If you exclude the Ohio State game last year, Blake Coram has scored a rushing touchdown in now 16 straight games, and you exclude the Ohio State game because he played. Five snaps, two of them were kneel downs, okay? Um, Absolutely absurd. I asked Mike Hart on Wednesday, are you a little bit worried that he's creeping up on you on the all-time touchdown list? He's only one away, and and Mike Hart said, no more touchdowns for Blake. Um, (laughs) And he said, no, he'd love to see him get it. And really, Mike Hart gets some credit for Blake Horm getting there, too. Mike Hart has been, I mean, what an impact from his playing career now to to a coach on the Michigan running back room. But I think Blake's going to get it. Uh, at least tie in this game. I don't think that's going on on a limb. So, Anthony, I like your pick there. Um, Defensive player of the game. I'm going to go with Braden McGregor. He just had his best game, I thought, of the season last week, and he's been so good against the run, too. I feel like we talk a lot about these edge rushers against the pass, getting to the quarterback, but the play he made on that fourth and one, pushing the tight end back, uh, and then Heinrich Harburg isn't able to get there, was absolutely outstanding. He leads the Big Ten right now. In uh, run defense stop rate. So the percentage of tackles on rundowns that he's in, that is, uh, I think that's an underrated part of his game. So I'm going to go with Braden McGregor on this one.
0: I'm going to go Chris Jenkins. I think he's going to get home once. I think he's due. He's been close a few times. He's, boy, guys, he's had a lot of added attention in there. If you watch, yeah. getting double teamed a lot. They are, teams are max protecting against this Michigan team quite a bit uh, just because there are so many options. So, But I think Chris Jenkins is going to have a big game. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get 10 tackles, obviously, from the defensive tackle spot. But I think you're going to see him get some pressures and get to the quarterback a little bit, too.
2: I'm calling my shot. Rod Moore shakes off the rust this week with an interception. That's pick my, six, my pick. baby.
0: You heard it. It,
2: it could happen. I, I didn't say pick
1: six, but right. I'm not, not saying it either. Okay. So that's my pick. He wanted that one last week, I thought, pretty bad too. That yeah. the one the pick he went for. He's great at that. So I think uh right. as he gets the rust off, maybe could happen. Uh final score predictions. I got 38 mm-hmm. to 9. I do think that kicker is gonna get Minnesota. A few scores. I think they're going to be able to get into Michigan territory a few times. And, again, it's just amazing that that's something we're talking about with how good this defense has been. But I like Michigan's offense in this one as well. If you're watching or listening right now, our staff predictions article over at TheWolverine.com is already up as well, so check that out for our picks, more commentary uh, as well, and then Doug Skeen and John Borton's picks as well. But what do you guys have for this game? I like Michigan
0: 34-10. to I think they're going to just – like they say the boa constrictor, right. I think is what Joel Klatt said yeah. and uh, just kind of squeeze it out of them. And it's going to be one of those Michigan, typical Michigan wins, run the ball and, uh, and really not going to give up much on the yard, on the ground. I think.
2: Similar for me, I have Michigan 35, 13. I think it's probably a game where Michigan's up, you know, 21, six, 21, seven at the half. And and they just kind of continue to do what they have been and being that boa constrictor. So Yeah, uh, another fairly dominant win for Michigan and another win on the road.
1: I know the boa constrictor is a – people used that last year. But, Anthony, I think you were the first one I heard say this this year up in the press box, I thought, uh, at Nebraska, right? So got to give you credit for that one as well, I think. Joel Uh, Klatt's credit for it. Yeah, Yeah, Joel Klatt may or may not (laughs) – You may or may not be a fan of the Wolverine from – what somebody said so that would be great we are a fan of joel clatt i will say that For sure. um, last segment no man knows the future we have four games from around the country it's a it's a pretty good slate this weekend a little bit of a down one last week but we'll start with the red river shootout oklahoma versus texas in dallas texas a six point favorite over under 60 and a half both teams undefeated we got a couple games like that this weekend um I got Texas covering this one. I just think that defense is going to be really good, and I'm not totally sold on, on Venables in Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, I am with you there, and uh, I think they're going to hold the great Andrell Anthony in check, uh, even though Anthony's probably going to say he's going to go off for 250 yards here. Thoughts, Anthony?
2: <laughs> Andrell Anthony, player of the game, Oklahoma. <laughs>
0: That's
1: my pick. There we go. I love it. Uh, Maryland at Ohio State. This one really interesting as well. Ohio State, 20-point favorites at home over under – 57. I think that Maryland is a pretty good team this year. I think this might be Mike Loxley's best team. But stylistically, this is this is just a match made in heaven. Uh, if you're an Ohio State fan, and I think that they're going to win pretty big, even though I, I do think this Maryland team is is sneaky, decent. But this is kind of the time of year where they start to fall off. I
0: feel like I think Ohio State wins something like 38 to 13. I think they cover.
2: Yeah, I think that uh Coach Day is going to try and run up the score to continue to show everyone how tough he is. So, Ohio State.
1: Kentucky at Georgia, Georgia 14 and a half point favorite, over under 47 and a half. Georgia's been in a couple fights already this year. Um Kentucky's look good, they're undefeated as well. I'm going to go with Kentucky to stay within a couple touchdowns.
0: I think Georgia covers. I think they come out and try to make a statement here. Everybody's talking about them being down and everything else. That's usually when they uh, come out with a couple of a uh, Couple of uppercuts and a, and a flurry there. So that's my pick.
2: I'll go with Georgia as well. Uh, nobody manufactures a chip on their shoulder. Uh, actually, Kirby Smart has kind of replaced Mark D'Antonio as maybe the
1: best guy to do that. Uh, so yeah, I think that Georgia wins big. Yeah, nobody believed in Georgia last year. It was crazy. Um, Notre Dame at Louisville is our next and final game. Louisville, a six and a half point home underdog, over unders 54. This one I am most confident about. I got Notre Dame in this game. Jeff Brom, his teams have struggled in a few games, eked out wins. And it feels like that Jeff Brom matchup where a bigger, more physical team comes in, is able to handle him. So I got Notre Dame winning by more than a touchdown.
0: Trivia question. Who is Louisville's defensive coordinator? None other than Ron English. I was going to guess really Ron English. Say, That's the only, only And uh, I think Ron steps up to the plate here. And uh, gets it done, holds Notre Dame uh, somewhat in check. I think Louisville is going to
1: lose, but maybe by a field goal. Some of English's defenses against Notre Dame. That's a good call. I played Mm -hmm. really well. Uh,
2: Notre Dame. I don't have any strong thoughts
1: about this game. (laughs) Good luck, Ron. (laughs) Good luck, Ron. That's right. We would love to see it. Um, That's going to be our show for this week. Fantastic job, fellas, as always. Again, if you're listening or if you're watching on YouTube right now, make sure to hit that like button. If you hope Michigan wins the national championship, also hit subscribe on our channel and head to the Wolverine.com for all of our Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting coverage. And we will see everyone next time.